So obviously we want to get into the tour, talk about the new album, and get your opinion on a couple of things. But um, dude, let's start with the uh, the new album and the past couple of years and all this craziness that we've endured with Violence Unimagined coming out April 16th. Yep. Almost four years between albums between Red Before Black, and I'm kind of curious. I've been asking everyone, going back to that kind of March of 2020, that's kind of when the gauntlet came down and, you know, everything got shut down, everyone told to stay at home. Kind of curious for you guys, where were you guys at with the new album at that time? Had you written any songs for it? Yeah, that was interesting, really. I mean, um, and actually, we got very lucky in that situation because that's when we went in to record the new record um, in April, of of 20 there so obviously at that point if we you know the plan was to be recording then and we did but the album of course would have not needed to be completed and and written and ready to go at that point you know because we need of course you know a good five six seven months or whatever to to write those songs right when the pandemic hit there in march the question more was like man are we going to be able to record because of the whole um concern of just not knowing what the what what's going to happen here is, is the studio going to get shut down are we going to be able to travel all those kind of things right right so it was it, you know I, when when the so when when the pandemic hits we're ready to go we got the material ready we're just fine-tuning at that point you know um once uh, you know once we knew we'd be able to get into the studio and there won't be an issue with that then then it was just kind of business as usual so we got lucky because right if, we, if you would have fast forwarded maybe a couple of months later or something of that nature um into the pandemic and we haven't written anything then maybe there would have been an issue so luckily it all worked out in that way and we were able to um start the recording process at, at the time that we uh that we had booked there for april of 20 and, uh, you know, just do what we needed to do. Um, I guess reality set in a little more for us at that point, because then when we were done with the recording, well, then, of course, now what are we going to do with the touring? We knew the touring was going to be um, the, the, the issue more than anything. So, But luckily, it all worked out for us to record that album when we were supposed to. And obviously a, a new member this time around, an official member at this point, Eric Rutan, who, who had been producing you, but also now writing uh, music and lyrics for you guys. Yes, correct. I mean, it was great to bring him in and have another uh, songwriter. And of course, we've known him for years. He's been a friend of ours for a long time. Um, and then, yes, producing of what five of our records now, and uh, um, you know, just a, a great guy all around. And and, and a, a, you know, pretty much a member of the band, um, you know, for for years in that sense, you know. So having him uh, write some material and then contribute some lyrics and all that was awesome. Um, he's been around us long enough to know what needs to be done to, to do a Cannibal Corpse kind of style song. Obviously, him being in Morbid Angel and Hate Eternal and all that, and he, you know, he, he has his own way of, of doing things. But, uh, but he knew he, he had to step up and, and write songs in the Cannibal Corpse vein, and he, and he obviously did that. And it was, yeah, it was great to have him contribute in, into the lyrical department as well. So um, just, you know, gives us another edge, gives us another, um, you know, flavor to, to what we've been doing over the years. And you had kind of touched on him kind of being a sixth member, you know, in the past before being an official member of the band. But was he contributing riffs and lyrics before that in, in the producer role or, or was that kind of a divided line? 
Yeah, I mean, always with the producers. I mean, we want them to help in a lot of ways, but usually we have kind of pretty much complete creative control. But of course, there's going to be instances when it comes down to it, especially with Eric being the background that he has with being a death metal guitar player and being in the bands where we never had that with our previous producers. Um, it, you know, he, he might make some suggestions on certain things or we may come to him something like, a, you know, something that has to do with maybe a solo or, or this or that, or he might have an idea, well, maybe we try this, uh, you know, maybe take a word out of here to fit the, the lyrical pattern in better or something so it was fairly minor but but yet he would still uh you know where, where needed he would help out of course but uh um you know uh, of course once then he's in the band then it's full on but uh but yeah as the producer role I, i'd say any of our producers we we want him to be there as as the sonic guy of course the guy that's capturing the sounds and doing his best to make us sound great right so um you know we were the type of band and still are that yeah that that we feel we got a good handle on what we want to do musically and lyrically and that we don't need any really outside kind of help for the most part. But but sometimes it needs to happen a little bit. And, you know, speaking of the creation, uh, obviously you're playing all the drums on the album, but you under, you write a lot of lyrics as well. I do, you know, and I've uh, been writing for a long time, of course, ever since we, uh, you know, George got into the band and, and all of us have been writing lyrics, you know, if you look at all the, the credits and all that. So so I, I do have a big hand in, in the lyric department um, and, you know, I help out with some arrangements here and there. And I've actually written some songs on guitar over the years, you know, so ah. so uh, which is which is a pretty cool thing, you know. Um, but, yeah, these days um, it, it's mostly the lyrics and, you know, if I need to help out on some ideas or or some, uh, like I said, arrangement kind of, you know, questions or, or if I have some ideas, the guys are more than, you know, willing to hear me out and all that. I mean, it's a team game here. Uh, and, uh, we, you know, we all want to contribute and, and, you know, whatever is going to make the, 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 the band better in the end and the songs better in the end, then we're all for, you know, everyone contributing. And when you write lyrics, do you have a fully fleshed out idea? Do you like wake up with a dream in your head of something gruesome happening and then try to write it down? Or what's the kind of the process for you? Well, for me personally, it's usually it's going to stem from the, um, the song title. Now, you know, the way we end up going, it's rare that I'm ever going to write a song without having a direction. And usually the uh. direction is going to kind of come from the song title. Um, so if we, if we decide on uh, a song to be a certain song, um, you know, here's the name. Okay, well, then that obviously gives me a little bit of an idea of where we're going. Sometimes, depending on what the title is going to be, is it if it's something so blunt that, okay, well, obviously has to be about, you know, this subject or whatever. Okay, there you go. And then other times it's like might have a little bit more like, okay, now I really got to, you know, think a little bit more in depth because you can go so many different ways with certain uh, titles. So, so usually that's the way it goes with me. I like to have the music down. You know, we come up with that title, then I sit and listen to the music and I, you know, kind of just take it from there and let it flow. Yeah, the t- title, I imagine, would be a big help like that. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And uh, it was great to see you earlier this year. Back in March, we had you at the observatory, kind of a, a metal blade tour at that point with Whitechapel and Revocation. But I imagine just great to get back out there again and knock the dust off. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was great. What a great tour that was having that lineup that we did and uh 
and uh, yeah, just for not touring for a while. And I mean, it was a huge tour. It was arguably our biggest tour we've done, you know, to date. So, so yeah, great to get the dust off and, uh, you know, the fans, I'm sure the same thing, you know, just excited to be having shows back and uh, what a, yeah, what a, what a great tour, you know, can't say enough about that. That was a lot of fun. And, you know, it's funny, too. I mentioned made the joke it's a Metal Blade tour because it's all Metal Blade bands, but pretty incredible right. that uh, you guys have spent your entire career on Metal Blade records. Yeah, it is pretty pretty remarkable, isn't it? You know, I mean, we're, we're happy for that. I mean, it's been a family situation for us ever since the beginning. Um, you know, of course, uh, over the years as they go by, you know, we, you know, we, we're really good friends with Brian Slagle and Mike Faley and Tracy Vera and, you know, the, the people that have been running the place and doing it for, for, you know, for a long time. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things, if it's not broke, why, you know, why fix it? And, uh, you know, they, they've always allowed us, uh, uh creative control and, you know, to, to just let us be the band that we want to be. And, um, you know, such a great relation. So yeah, we're, we're proud to be on the same label for as long as we have, because it, it seems like it'd be a, it's a rarity, you know, to hear <laughs> of uh, a band sticking around that long. So yeah, it was something that we can be proud of. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like an athlete playing for one team, their whole career, kind of the same kind of idea. Totally, totally, totally true. Exactly. Same, same concept. Well, I'm looking forward to the show. We got you now in L.A. at the Wiltern Theater coming up here on November the 22nd. And and this is a little bit more of a diverse lineup compared to the last one. It's Sweden's Dark Funeral. I imagine that's their first time coming over post-pandemic and Immolation, who I love, and Black Anvil. Oh yeah, it's going to be a great one. Um, a little bit of a different lineup than the you know the one we mentioned with the Whitechapel and Revo, but uh, you know it's cool to mix it up a little bit. Having Dark Funeral, our, our good buddies, along for this one, and Immolation, you know, great great band, great friends of ours as well, and having Black Anvil um, aboard um, too. This is going to be it's going to be one for for the ages, and we can't wait to be there and play for everybody. And you know, we hope to see all the uh, all the fans coming out in numbers, of course. And any any uh, anything you can tell us set wise for that tour is it going to be pretty much the same set as the earlier tour? Are you mixing in some different things? Maybe more uh, tunes off of Violence Unimagined. Yeah, it's a little tougher, you know. I mean, I think that the set might end up kind of being a little similar. It was it was a tough situation for this tour, you know, because you're looking back at the you know you're looking at the schedule for this, and there's a few repeats, of course, L.A. being one of them. Um, but overall, the tour is almost kind of like. A, it's mostly different markets than we did than we did in Mar- in February and March, you know. So so um, I think the set's pretty much going to kind of be similar for the in, because of that reasoning, you know. When you're playing most of the places that you didn't play, um, and then having those just those couple of overlaps, like I said, like L.A. and I think there's maybe a three or four others that um, you know it, it became a little little tricky. So I I, I don't think there's going to be that. Uh, too much of in, uh, too much diversity in the set than it was the last time we were there. But um, well, hopefully, hopefully that won't matter, you know. And we can just, uh, you know, the people can just come out and enjoy, you know, what we do. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, you got so many tunes that you have to play just out of your catalog that you know you won't get out alive if you don't play them. So <laughs> that's that's true. And then you know another thing, the way always we we seem to look at it is you know yeah we played there all of February March and that that's months ago. But you know what? There's probably going to be a handful of people that this is going to be the first time seeing us. Um, it seems like it's always the case where, you know, there's always new fans just getting into the scene, you know, day by day. 
So, um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of those that, that, that never seen us before. And then the ones that have seen us, I think exactly, you know, they're, they're happy hearing the songs and seeing the songs that we, that we belt out because, um, it, it, you know, it's a familiar, familiarity kind of a thing, but right. There's some staples that we just have to do. So, you know, it'd have been nice to get a few more violence on imagined songs in there, but you know, it's, it is what it is. And either way, I think it's going to be a great show. Absolutely, absolutely. And Paul, appreciate all the time. Just want to hit you with a couple last things here. Uh, wanted to talk a little drums. I played drums as a kid, you know, in bands and stuff. And I was talking to Immolation drummer Steve Shalotti earlier in the year about their new album. And he uh, he kind of gave you credit when he was making that transition from thrash to death metal. And he, he gave uh, he said that you gave him some good advice. You said it's all about the economy of motion. Yeah, that's great. Uh, great to hear from Steve. The, the kind words, man, is such a great guy and a, gr- a great drummer, you know. Um, but yeah, I think I think especially the older you get, you, you have to really uh, work on that kind of stuff as a drummer, um, because, you know, the body starts, uh, you know, sort of giving out a little bit more. So, you know, you're not, you know, run, running on a, a adrenaline anymore. And, and, you know, being 20, 30 years old, you know, you really do have to work on your, your mechanics, I guess, a lot more. And I've, I've, I've been doing that over the last, say, 15 years, um, um, working on these things. So I think that is an important thing. And I'm glad Steve brought that up and mentioned that because I'm, uh, obviously he would, he is telling you probably the same thing. Um, the older we get that the harder it is to, to maintain. And, you know, you got to really work your, use your muscles to their optimum, you know, to their optimum capacity there to be able to have that longevity of playing every day for, you know, an hour, hour and a half, whatever it is. Um, but, uh, that's, that's awesome. That's cool for him to say, but yeah, I think that's important. And I, I've noticed in my personal, um, uh, playing that, that has helped me big time. You know, it really has, um, you know, the more you can control your body and keep, you know, keep your limbs closer, work on your movements, uh, you know, and all that, that's, it's been huge. So, so hopefully, uh, you know, I can keep working on that and, uh, you know, maybe play another 15 years. Who knows? I mean, it'll be crazy, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Fingers crossed for that. Yeah. He was also talking about too, like not so much playing hard, but playing precise. Yeah, that's that's it. You know, you want to play hard. You always want to try to play hard, and I think I've always tried to hit hard. But at the same time, you got to be more precise, right? And and I think that's something you learn over time, maybe for the most part, or I know I have, because in the beginning, it's all about just primitive power and, and adrenaline <laughs> and just you know savage, just going for it, right? Um, you didn't think of the technique as much, you know. And then the older I get, I had to really think about that you know because you just knew you couldn't uh survive and play drums like uh you know, for that long uh just doing it the way i just mentioned so so yeah i mean it's really being a lot more precise in your hitting and your movements and all this and but yet exactly still trying to maintain that power and and hitting hard if you can I've, obviously i'm a drummer that's never used triggers live um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm old school in that way. So I, I want to try to hit them as hard as I can, you know, but yet exactly have that precise, um, you know, those hits there that, uh, that are going to be clear that you, you know, you're going to be able to hear there, um, I guess, uh, in, in due to, you know, not using triggers or anything, but yeah, that's, a, it's an important thing as well. Awesome. Awesome. Dude, the last thing I got for you, I uh, need your help with, we're one of those old school radio stations. We do mandatory Metallica every night at 10 PM, which you're going to be a part oh. of. And kinda, oh man, awesome. Kind of curious for you. I mean, Metallica fan, obviously, where does your fandom begin? Was it right from the beginning at Kill 'Em All? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll never forget when my friend brought Kill 'em All to school in, uh, you know, back then. And, you know, like, wow, look what I got. And we're like, what the heck is this? You know, you're, you know, because, uh, of course, we're fans of, of the metal scene at that time, Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and Black Sabbath and all the hard rock that's happening. And, you know, seeing that for that album for the first time, it was just, you know, just looking at the cover and looking at their picture. And, you know, it was just, well, wow, what is this? This is, you know, unlike anything that, uh, you know, we're kind of used to for the most part. And then upon hearing it, you know, I'll, I'll never forget the first song I actually heard off of Kill 'Em All was um, was Metal Militia, uh-huh. and I it actually went over my head, you know, because I'm not I wasn't I, I was like, what's going on? This is this is <laughs> this, this is crazy. This music. I mean, this isn't you know, it's not like uh, you know, I couldn't follow it that much, you know. Um, now maybe if I would have heard a song like Seek and Destroy first, maybe I'd have been like, oh okay, uh, you know, because that's uh, of course a lot, yeah, a lot easier to kind of comprehend, so to say. But oh, but yeah, we're big fans of Metallica, of course, huge influence, and uh, from the very beginning. Yeah, funny, we we're just talking about this, or you mentioned it, because I was just talking to a, a guy on our tour here right now about seeing Metallica for the first time in '85 on the Ride the Lightning tour, and it being my, you know, the epitome of the best concert you've ever seen in your life. You know, um, and that was you know just mind blowing, and I'll never forget that day. So, so yeah, Metallica, you know, play play a big big part in uh, in the influence of my drumming, and 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 just be you know being into metal and being into the heavy stuff like that. Um, you know, they they were they were monumental. So, so Metallica, what a band! What song from Metallica can we play for you for mandatory Metallica? Oh my gosh! Let's see. Well, I would, uh, you know, I'm gonna say, how about ride, just the song "Ride the Lightning." You that's know, that was always one of my favorites. Uh, that's my favorite Metallica album, "Ride the Lightning." I'm, I love "Kill 'Em All." I, I love, I love the first three a lot, but I think "Ride the Lightning" was definitely my album. I know for certain it was, and um, I, I, I always hearing the song "Ride the Lightning" was, you know, just, you know, I mean, the whole album is great, but I, I would go "Ride the Lightning." Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time. Honored to talk to you, and I can't wait to see you guys out there at the Wiltern. Dude, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, Mike. It was uh, fun doing the interview. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have safe travels out there. Thank you. We'll see you soon, man. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms, TuneIn, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now, just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.